Hello, this is Peggy Joyce Ruth. Welcome to our podcast and hope you enjoy this teaching. If you would like to listen to more in-depth teachings, please sign up for our Psalm 91 family at PeggyJoyceRuth.org. We started our series now on faith, faithfulness, and trust, and we're comparing our Christian walk with the journey that the children of Israel took from Egypt on into the Promised Land. And of course, the crossing of the Red Sea, the first thing they did. Now that's what compares to our learning to walk by faith. Because it was by faith that Moses put the staff out and by faith, the waters parted in the Red Sea and some two and a half million people or more were able to step out on a dry seabed and walk across. And it was faith that brought that into the sight realm. Just exactly like God called things that were not as though they were. There in Romans 4 verse 17. And so for the last two weeks now, what we've been doing, we've been looking at facts that every Christian needs to know about faith. But this week, I wanted us to do something a little bit differently. I wanted us to just make some application. So we're going to be talking about how to pray the prayer of faith, not just for ourselves, but we're going to be talking about praying the prayer of faith for somebody else, where we're healing the sick and casting out demons and seeing that needs are met, because I think the further we go... In these last days, I believe the more people we're going to have coming to us who need help. They need to have their needs met. They need to learn how to do it themselves. And sometimes in our being able to pray for them, then it teaches them how to do it. So I'm going to be giving you something to do in preparation. There's something, this one thing, if you'll do it in preparation, you're going to find out it will make praying for somebody else and praying for yourself so much easier. And then we're going to talk about some things that you can use to instruct now, instruct the one that's being prayed for so that they can better learn how to receive. Now, these things are going to work for you, whether you're praying for yourself or whether you're praying for somebody else. So it doesn't matter what you're, you're praying for. You know, it, it doesn't matter whether it's healing or whether it's having needs met or deliverance. It's going to be the same dynamics. That's what I'm wanting you to hear. These next steps now can absolutely revolutionize your faith walk, if you can hear me. They're very, very simple, and they're things that you know, but sometimes just in hearing it one more time, you know, you're able to put it into practice. And so it's worth however much time you put in this to be able to learn how to pray more effectively. You know, I used to just be terrified if someone asked me to pray for something that I saw as impossible. You know, now if they asked me to pray for they had a bad cold, well, now that was fine. You know, I could lay hands on them and I could pray. But if someone asked me to pray and they had terminal cancer, that was a whole different ball game, and I would just freeze on the inside. And I've told this before, but I remember the first time when we were in the denominational church, there was a pastor who asked everyone who wanted to to come into his office and pray for this lady who had gotten a terminal illness report. And I remember that I went because I loved this lady. But I tell you what, there was not one ounce of expectation in me. There was nothing in me that expected anything to work. And I just remember going thinking, there's nothing in me that expects this to work. And later I had to come to the place where I realized that's what faith is. Faith is the expectation that God's going to do exactly what he says he's going to do. That's what faith is. It's expecting God to be faithful to what he's promised. And so the steps that I'm going to be giving tonight, these are the steps that help revolutionize my thinking about prayer. 
that brought me to a place where all of a sudden I didn't have to be afraid to pray for somebody. You know, in fact, I could get excited about praying for somebody because I knew and I know that God is excited about showing forth his miraculous healing power and his miraculous provision. He loves to show forth his miraculous power. All you have to do is just look back over the last decade to see how many wonderful miracles we've had. You know, just wonderful miracles that God's done for us. Now, I'm not trying to tell you that these are rules that you have to go by. Please don't hear that. You know, sometimes it's hard to explain principles without it sounding like rules. But I, I don't want you to hear it that way because these are not rules. These are just some principles, some, some ways and some things that I think can help. And also, this is certainly not the only way of praying the prayer of faith. These are just some things that, that I found helpful. And so number one, this is the preparation. This is the one thing that if you'll do for yourself ahead of time, it'll make all the difference in the world. If you'll pick one particular scripture promise, the one that ignites faith in your spirit, now, there's going to be a scripture promise you find that, that when you think of it and, and after you've put it inside of you, that it's going to ignite faith now to believe that you have the right to be able to pray the prayer of faith for whatever it is you're believing for and see results. And so that's what we're wanting. We're wanting each person to get one scripture, just get one scripture and you're not going to be able to do this overnight, but as you take the scripture and you start putting it inside of yourself, you've got to come to the place where you believe you have the right to pray the prayer of faith and that you have the right to pray that prayer of faith every single time, no matter what the situation is, and to believe that you will have results when you pray it. Because see, if you're not convinced that you have the right to pray and receive, then you're going to find out it never is going to happen. Now, this is what a rhema scripture is. A rhema scripture is a word from God that literally comes alive on the inside of you. The Bible tells us that the word of God is alive and it's active. So it's a scripture now that it literally brings life on the inside of you. It sparks faith. It's, it's like it just ignites a knowing where you have a knowing on the inside that you know that, that this is something that God has given you the right to do. And you're going to know when that scripture comes alive on the inside of you. It's not going to be something where, oh my goodness, I wonder if I do have the faith to believe that. When you get this scripture down on the inside of you, then you're going to know when that happens because it's just going to be like something clicks on the inside. Now, I'm going to list a few scriptures as examples so you'll kind of know what I'm talking about. Now, these are scriptures that we've used over and over. There's not any new ones, but I'm believing that today you're going to hear it as though you're hearing it for the first time. Now you can pick one of these that I give you or God may give you a different one. But just find one scripture, meditate on it, think on it, confess it over and over until you believe it as much as you believe anything else in this world. And like I said, this is not going to happen overnight. I can remember taking Psalm 91 and for months and months and months and months, I said that over and over and over many, many, many times a, a day. And I didn't believe it. I wanted to believe it. I believed it with my mind. I, I gave mental assent to it. But I remember the night that I had gotten in bed and I was lying there and and I said it, and it was like it dropped down into my spirit. And I remember just sitting there, just with my mouth open, thinking, I believe it. 
you know, it was like it came alive on the inside. So that's what I mean when I say you're going to know it when that scripture comes alive. It'll be something that you don't have to wonder, you know, it's something that it, you'll feel it drop into your spirit. And from that moment on, that will be yours. Okay, now just for an example, let's just say that you took the scripture in 1 John 5, 14 and 15. We're familiar with all of these scriptures, but this scripture in 1 John 5, 14 and 15 says, this is the confidence that we have before God. This is the confidence that we have, that if we ask anything according to his will, okay, his will, his word, his name, all of these are one and the same. If we ask anything according to his will, we can know that he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, then we know that we're going to receive that which we've asked from him. Okay, now this scripture was written to give you confidence. That's why this scripture was given to us, to give us confidence. God wants us to have confidence so that we can pray in faith. And he wants you to know when you pray the prayer of faith, when you pray according to his will, he wants you to know that he's listening and he's hearing. And he wants you to know that when he hears, then he's promised that, that you're gonna receive what you've asked for. So don't, don't try to pray without, without confidence. He's given us a way to be able to build confidence in ourselves. Okay, now that may be the scripture you wanna use. Or here's another one as an example. In John 14, verse 14, it says, if you ask me anything, Jesus is speaking, if you ask me anything in my name, in my will, according to the word, these are one and the same, I will do it. Anything, he says. Okay, anything within his will. Okay, do we believe that? I mean, we, we read it all the time. We give mental assent to it constantly. You know, every single one of us would hold up our hands and we'd say, yes, I believe that. But I'm telling you, when you say this and say it and say it and meditate until all of a sudden you feel it one day drop into your spirit and just absolutely you'll feel it. It's like it drops into the bottom of your spirit. That's when you'll believe it. That's when you know it. And so meditate and say it until that thing takes place on the inside. And it's something that's supernatural that happens. It's not anything that you can make happen other than doing what God said to do, meditate and say in it. You can't be the one to make it drop into your spirit. But as you do what you're told to do, then supernaturally it will drop in there. Okay, another possibility of a scripture now that, that you might wanna take as your strong tower is Matthew 18 verse 19. Some people use that as their, their basis, as their strength. And of course, Matthew 18, 19 says, if any two of you agree on earth about anything, you need to circle that word anything. If any two of you agree, agree on earth about anything that they may ask, it shall be done for them by my Father who is in heaven. Okay, I want you to read it again. If any two of you, two or more, Agree, Jack was talking earlier about agreement. When one can put a thousand to flight, two, 10,000. Okay, if any two agree on earth about anything that they may ask, then it will be done for them by my Father who is in heaven. I love 2 Corinthians 1 verse 20. I'm just gonna give you several so you can get an idea of what I'm talking about. Now, I'm not necessarily talking about trying to put all of these down in your spirit at the same time. I'm talking about take the one that jumps off the page at you. Or, or another one that God will give to you. But in 2 Corinthians 1 verse 20, I love this. It says, the promises of God in Christ, in the will of the Lord, the promises that God ha has made through Christ 
or what? Yes and amen. Okay, now I've heard so many people say that God will answer many times. He'll answer sometimes yes and sometimes he'll answer maybe and, or wait a while or, or sometimes he'll answer no. Well, I'm gonna tell you what, that can sound good when you're hearing that. But you know, God says that if it's a promise that's been made to you in Christ Jesus, that his answer is what? Yes, it's always yes. So it, it, it's not gonna be no if you're praying according to the will of the Father. If it's a promise of God, then he's told you very plainly, very clearly that the answer is yes. Now, there's been times when there's been something wrong in my life where I've put a stop to it. There's been times where you know I had to get my faith pipes unclogged <laughs> where that the blessings could come on through. Maybe there was a point of obedience that I needed to do. But as far as God's concerned, his answers to the promises that he's made, his answers are yes. It's gonna help you to know that anything that Jesus accomplished on the cross Anything that he accomplished on the cross is according to his will. That has always helped me to stop and think, Lord, what did you accomplish on the cross? On the cross, he took our sin and he took all the consequences of sin. Okay, the consequences of sin are all the things under the curse, you know, all sicknesses and diseases and, and extreme lack. And, and Okay, those are the things that he bore for us on the cross. In fact, that word salvation is health, healing, deliverance, protection and provision. Okay, so these things already belong to us as children of God. Now, it's not automatic. It's not something that just because we're a child of God, we're gonna always walk in health or uh, always walk in healing. But it does mean that it is provided. And he's showing us through the word of God how to appropriate it so that we can walk in these things. Okay, now we looked at the scripture last week of Luke 137 out of the Amplified. And some people take that as, as their foundation scripture that they stand firm on. And that Luke 137 out of the Amplified, it says, for with God, nothing is ever impossible. Do you have some things in your life that you feel like are impossible? I'm gonna tell you what, every one of us have seen things in our lives that looked absolutely impossible. But you know what? That's not what the word of God says. The word of God says that with God, nothing is ever impossible. No word from God is without power. Okay, that means every word in this Bible is full of power and he says that no word from God is without power or impossible of fulfillment. So we're gonna have to just come to a place. If that's the scripture we take that we wanna put down inside of ourselves, then we just need to realize that nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible. I want you to say that. With God... Nothing is impossible. Now, I don't care how impossible it looks in the natural. No promise of God is without power or impossible of fulfillment, no matter how much the circumstances look the other way. Psalm 91 is a scripture that I absolutely just stand on and love. I can have fear engulfing me or I can have doubts engulfing me. And if I will stop, and remember my scripture, and then all of a sudden, that scripture that dropped in my spirit, all of a sudden it just rises up and it'll wash away the fears. But I, I you know, you don't have to do the whole Psalm 91, but I, I like to just quote out of Psalm 91 that, Lord, you told me that I do not have to be afraid of, and I named the four categories of evil. I don't be, have to be afraid of anything that man can do to harm me. 
I don't have to be afraid of anything that the enemy can do, the arrows that come from the enemy. I don't have to be afraid of the pestilence, the sicknesses and the diseases. I don't have to be afraid of destruction. That that's anything that man has no control over, like the, the natural disasters. You promised me, Lord, it would not approach me and it wouldn't come near my household. And God said that. You know, he got, God said that before we ever even knew that we had a need. So this scripture came alive, but like I said a while ago, I mean, it was, I, it was months and months and months uh, of going through it and saying it and believing before it started coming alive. Now, I determined... When I, when I was reading that one day, I was still having trouble with it. And, and I, I started praying and I said, Lord, I'm just going to make a promise to you because this is a promise that you've given to me. I am not going to quit saying it until you return again. I don't care if I am never able to reach out and totally receive it. I am not going to quit confessing it. And I'm going to do this until either something changes on the inside of me or until you return. One or the other. It doesn't matter which. But I'm going to do that. I, I'm going to do it for the rest of my life. And you know what? Sometimes when we come to that place where we say, you know, well, sometimes the devil will pull off and it'll make it a little bit easier. Okay, so we just need to stop and ask ourselves, do I really believe the promise that I'm confessing. You know, sometimes we're, we're saying things, but we're just saying it by rote. You know, it, we're, it just has become a trite expression. And sometimes we need to just be honest with ourselves and stop and say, do I really believe that? Do I really believe that if I pray something that lines up with God's word, that he's gonna hear my prayer? And do I really believe that if he hears it, he's gonna answer it? Do I believe that? And sometimes we have to get honest enough to say, no, I don't believe that yet. You know, that, that's just not in me yet. Okay, then take one of those scriptures. You can take one that I've given you. You can take another scripture. Commit it to memory. Come to a place where you confess it and you meditate on it until you, you've come to the place where you say, Lord, I don't care how long it's going to take. I'm going to stand on this until it becomes mine. And we have to remember that Psalm 119 tells us that God has said that his word is forever settled in heaven. I love that. I love to think about the fact that it's already settled. I don't have to talk God into that. I don't have to talk him into the promises that he made in Psalm 91. It's already forever settled in heaven. And God tells us that heaven and earth will pass away, but his word's never going to pass away. His promises will never pass away. Okay, now knowing any one of these promises now, doesn't mean that you have to get them all in there, but knowing any one of these promises is everything you need to equip yourself to start praying the prayer of faith that's going to be an effective prayer. That's really all that you have to do. James 5, 16 says the effective prayer of a righteous man or a righteous woman is going to accomplish much. And the effective prayer now is just any prayer based on God's word that you pray in faith. Okay, number two now. Once you've filled your heart now with the scripture to ignite faith, now there'll be sometimes you don't feel, feel it, but if you'll come back to it, once it's dropped in your spirit, you can come back to it time and time again. And it, it just kind of rekindles every time you come back to it. But then when somebody has a need, let's just use for an example that they, they come and they have a need for healing because that's one we absolutely know that that's the will of God. Sometimes you're gonna feel the need to go down this list and it's gonna help you to be able to get that person you're gonna be praying for to a position to be able to receive. The whole thing is not just how many people can we pray for. 
The whole thing is how many people can we pray and get them to receive what they need, what they're after. And so ask them if they want to get well. Now, you may not have to ask every single person that, but there's going to be times that God's just going to quicken your spirit to get them to answer that, to get them to face that. Jesus was meeting the man at the pool of Bethesda, and he asked him, he said, do you want to get well? Do you really want to get well? And sometimes they need to face that. So there may be a time that you need to ask that. And then ask them if they've got any, ask them if they would like for you to pray for them. Don't just automatically think that. Some people just want to talk about the fact that they're sick. <laughs> they're just telling you that they're sick, but they're not particularly asking for healing. So ask them if, you, if they want you to pray. You know. Now, if they say yes, then before you pray, just tell them that you just want to give them a few instructions that will help them better receive what God has for them. So ask them if they believe that it's God's will to heal every time. You know, there's a lot of people that I'm shocked to find out that they really don't believe that it's God's will to heal every time. So ask them if that. Maybe they don't even know that Christ took sin and the consequences of sin on the cross, you know. So if, if you don't know what the healing scriptures are, you know, get you a list of healing scriptures and mark them in your Bible and, and be prepared when you get ready to, to pray for someone to give them some instruction, to give them some discipling before you actually go into the praying. And there's going to be times that God will lead you to go that direction. You may want to take them to Isaiah 53 verse 4 because that's a scripture you can have a lot of fun with because it says, Surely our griefs he himself bore and our sorrows he carried. And we read past that and we don't think much about it. But it's, it's important then for you to let them realize that in the Hebrew, that word griefs is talking about sicknesses. And when it uses the word sorrow, that's talking about pains. So he carried the pains of our body, the pains of our mind. And I've had so many people after I've shown them that scripture and they'll say, well, how do you know that that's not talking about spiritual healing? You know, I don't know that I believe that, that that's talking about physical healing. Well, the fun part is you can take them over to Matthew 8, 17, and you can show them where Jesus himself was quoting from this Old Testament scripture. He was quoting from Isaiah 53, verse 4, and Jesus then used the words infirmities and diseases. I'm reading out of the New American Standard. But it says he himself carried our infirmities and, and took away our diseases. Okay, so he's not talking spiritual. We can look right here at the commentary that Jesus was giving us on this Old Testament scripture and know that he's talking about infirmities. He's talking about sicknesses. He's talking about physical sicknesses. He's talking about diseases that, that tear the body down. And Jesus was saying, you know, surely our sicknesses and diseases he himself carried on his body so that we could walk in health. Okay, what you're doing then, you're building their faith so that they can know that healing's for them. You know, sometimes just a few moments that you take will cause them to know that, that healing's for them. Now, it may be, maybe it's not healing that they're needing. Maybe it's having needs met, or it may be that they're in a lot of insecurity, or maybe they're in bitterness. It doesn't matter. The dynamics are going to be the same. Whatever they're needing to be prayed for, give them scriptures that line up with what their need is. And then... Take your scripture that you've put down in your spirit, man. For example, of those that I gave you, let's just say that, that the one you chose to, to go with was Matthew 18, 19. Well, just take your scripture then and tell them the word of God tells me that if any two of us agree on earth, that whatever we've asked for will be done by our Father who's in heaven. 
Now, you might have to tell them that they don't have to feel faith. You know, you may have to tell them that faith is a choice. But then ask them the question, if you don't know, ask them, say, are you living for God? Are you seeking the will of God? Are you following after God? And explain to them that God is wanting us to have the answers more than we want them. He wants us to be healed. He wants us to have our needs met more than we wanted ourselves. But there's times when willful sin, rebellion is going to hinder the, the will of God. It's gonna hold the will of God back. And sometimes a person has to be told that. They have to be faced with the fact that, that they're stopping the flow of God's blessing. And if that be the case, then get them to renounce that sin. You know, pray for them. And, you know, if you'll remember when Jesus had the woman that was caught in adultery brought to him, he healed her. And then he said, now go and sin no more lest a worse thing happen. So many times uh, people are need to be told that they can be prayed for and they can get an immediate release and it can come flooding back in maybe because of some sin. And so they, they need to be taught that. Then just pray a simple prayer. It doesn't have to be a long drawn out prayer, but you can just pray a simple prayer just reminding God of that rhema scripture that he's given to you, that scripture that's dropped in your spirit. For example, you can just pray and say, Father, according to Matthew 18, 19, you've promised that when any two of us agree as touching on anything, that the promise that you've made will be granted. And so Jane Doe or whoever and I now, we've come into agreement and we're believing you, Lord, for the healing that's already been provided for in Christ Jesus. And then you may wanna take authority at this point because the enemy's there to try to steal. And so at this point, you may wanna take uh, direct authority over every demon spirit of maybe infirmity. God will bring it up in your spirit. You'll hear it coming up out of your spirit. I take authority over that spirit of infirmity or, or, or that spirit of doubt. Sometimes you, you can know when a person is having a hard time receiving. I take authority over that fear. And it may be that you need to use the scripture in John 20, 23, that whoever sins you forgive will be forgiven. And you may need to say, okay, you've, you've renounced that sin. And so now in the name of Jesus, I say that you're forgiven in Jesus' name. And then start thanking the Lord that it's done. Thank him that, that he's, he's bringing about that manifestation quickly. And then start just worshiping and praising God. Get them to worship and praise the Lord for, for the answer. And then there comes a time where you just need to assure them that it's done, that it's accomplished. See, the Bible tells us in Mark 11 that if we believe that we've received, that we need to believe that, that what we've prayed for has already come to pass. You know, it's already there in the spiritual realm. And so we need to thank him. Lord, it's done. I thank you that it's already been accomplished. Now, you may need to warn that person about leaving and then the enemy coming immediately to steal. You may need to let them know that doubts will try to come or maybe negative words or, you know, oh, Lord, what if? You know, all these what if thoughts. And you may want to read James 1, 6, and 7 to them. I have to read this to myself many times. But it says, let him ask in faith without any doubting. For the one who doubts is like the surf of the seed that's driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man expect that he will receive anything from the Lord. You know, some, some people fear uh, that they're gonna get into presumption and they feel like they can't ask God for anything because, oh Lord, maybe I'm being presumptuous. Let me tell you something. Presumption is never there when you're praying the will of God. You're not in presumption when you're praying the will of God. Presumption is when you pray some way out thing, uh, you know, that doesn't line up with the word of God. 
And so you can know when you're in presumption. You can let them know. When a person is fearing that, I like to read James 4.2. That's a scripture that just came alive to me one day. In, in chapter 4, the last part of verse 2, it says, you do not have because you do not ask. So there's a lot of times when we're not receiving what we need because we're just not asking. But then it goes on to say in verse three, but you ask and then you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives so that you may spend it on your own pleasures. Okay, you can know if you're in presumption. You can teach the person you're praying for whether or not they're in presumption. And, and I'm talking tonight about praying for somebody else, but these same dynamics work praying for something for yourself even. Okay, then tell them that, um, you know, it may not manifest in the physical realm right away. There may be a little bit of a waiting period. But remind them that this is not time to waver. This is the time for them to stand firm on the promise, firm on the fact that, that God has made a promise to them and heaven and earth will pass away, but that word will never pass away. You know, and you may need to come to the place where you say, I'm going to tell you what, this word of God is true. And I guarantee you that when you pray according to the will of God, his promises are true. He's made these promises to you. And then let them know that the waiting period sometime is because there's a point of obedience. You know, I've shared before about my eye and week after week, getting up in the middle of the night with, with just my eye just in excruciating pain. And I knew that the promise was true. I knew that answer was mine. I didn't know why the manifestation hadn't come, but the Lord showed me, don't ever turn loose of it. And so I, I thought, Lord, I may be confessing this until the day you, you return, but I know that healing is mine. And all of a sudden, God just through another person gave me one point of obedience. And it was something that I needed to, to take. It was a an omega oil that I was lacking in my eye. And when I took it about two months, then I've never had another problem with it since. So there, there may be a point of obedience, but if we stand determined to believe the word of God and we determine we're not gonna lay this word down, God will get the answer through to us. He'll let us know the point of obedience and what we need to do. And then determine in your heart now that you are not going to waver in your faith for one moment and that you're not going to lay down that faith for one moment until you see it come to pass. And it's, it's just a quality decision that you make and then just get up and say, Father, I thank you. I consider it done. And it is done. It's done in the spiritual realm and it will manifest. Now remember the definition of strong faith that we looked at last week in Romans 4, 19 through 21. You know, when Abraham looked at an impossible situation, he looked at how old he was. He looked at how old his wife was. He looked at the fact that she had never been able to have children. Now she's long past the age of having children. And yet the two things that he did, he gave respect to the promise in spite of the circumstances and he became fully assured and so those are the two things to remind yourself. You know, give respect to the promise. Give it precedence over any of the circumstance and become fully assured that what God has said, he's going to carry out. So then you're going to start looking for the most impossible situations you can find. And you're going to find that it is fun to think, Lord, I don't care how impossible this looks. It's fun to, to find these impossible situations and put your word to work and just see how God does it. And like I said earlier, you may not be praying for somebody else. You know, you may be praying something for your own life, but it's still the same dynamics. Now, this pastor who used to live in this area, he's moved now, but his granddaughter was in this horrible automobile accident and her, her knee was totally crushed. But 
He said that they didn't do anything to the knee. They just left the knee alone simply because her brain stem had been severed from her spinal cord. You know, when that happens, well, life is over. They had her on, on support. And he said that her eye somehow was shaken from the optic nerve. And I didn't understand all of the medical terminology. But anyway, this pastor prayed the prayer of faith over this granddaughter who was hooked up to all this life support. And the doctors told him, they said, we want to tell you, you know, you have us having her hooked up. But when we take this machine off of her, the spinal cord, they said it's already severed from the brain stem. They said it's not even connected. And so they said, the only thing that's keeping her alive is, is the machine. And uh, they thought he was in denial because he said, she will live and not die. He said, I guarantee you take the equipment off because she'll live and not die. They took it off. And by the way, he's coming. We've got him coming. So you're, he's going to get to share the testimony here and, and let us know. So I'm real excited about having him. But anyway, when they took it off, well, the doctors could not believe it because all of a sudden her body started functioning on her own. Well, of course, then they went immediately to sign, well, she'll be a vegetable, but they still couldn't understand how she was even alive. And he took her out of the hospital. He just continued to say, my granddaughter is gonna live and not die and she's gonna be healthy and healed. He took her out of the hospital. Now she still was blind at this point. And so for the next two weeks, he said that he'd sit in the floor and he'd take her little hand and pick up, I believe she was five, pick up a block with her little hand and put it over and, and stack the blocks. He said he would play with her every night on the floor and the whole time he was praying with her, he was confessing that word over. He said, I knew that I knew. He said, God had given me a scripture and he said, I believed it more than I believed what I saw. And he said, all of a sudden, she reached over and she picked up a block and set it on top. And he said he just screamed out when she did that, you know. She completely received her sight. That happened this, this past year. Now, if you have a promise from the word of God, don't be intimidated by the enemy, you know. And most of the time, the enemy will try to intimidate you through the mouth of another person. <laughs> now, I know that he comes to intimidate you with thoughts in your mind many times, but also it comes big time through the mouth of another person. So just make up your mind that you're going to choose to believe the word that you're going to pray that prayer of faith when somebody asks you to or if you're praying it for yourself and then make up your mind that you are never going to lay down that promise. Many times we need to stop and we need to check our own heart. I, I know there's times that, that God will lead us to do that. Sometimes we've got to check ourselves and check for wrong motives and, and be willing to allow God to tell us anything that he wants to tell us. Now, I don't know how God does it. <laughs> you know, I, I, I don't know how he's going to bring it about, but that's not our business. You know, most of y'all have prayed with me on those Psalm 91 books, but we had 10,000 Psalm 91 books that had been prayed for. We weren't going to get them. I mean, in the natural, there was no way to get them. We didn't let ourselves confess to you very often of how serious the situation was. But anyway, Bill and Jack, had, you knew that they had flown to Washington, and they came back, and Bill said, Mother, I am sorry. Apart from God, there is no way you're going to get those books. And so we put all these steps into practice, you know, and we found us a scripture and we were standing on it and you were standing on it with us and there were many of us in agreement and those books came in about a month ago. And, you know, I don't know how God did that. I don't have any idea how he brought, uh, what he did behind the scenes. But when I called Bill, he was one of the first ones I called him. When I called him, he said, Mother, I'm gonna tell you something. He said, you need to know 
this is a miracle. <laughs> and so there's going to be things that there's going to be absolutely no other way to explain it. Not too long ago, that flu virus was going around. And I tell you what, people were getting sick and they were staying sick for two weeks and then having relapses and everything else. And the night that I went to bed and felt those symptoms all over my body, my, my head was just pounding and my throat was so sore and I could touch my skin and, and it just felt so sore and uh, my fever was raging and I've never had symptoms take over my body that much without going ahead and, and taking whatever it was. And so I just remembered just lying back on the bed and, and I was just in despair because I had two places I was supposed to teach that weekend and, and it, it was inevitable. I was sick. <laughs> I, I had what, what was going around. I just kind of lay back in despair and then all of a sudden, it just came up out of my spirit that it didn't line up with the word of God that I had to take that just because the symptoms were all over my body. And I just remember thinking, you know, I've never been this sick without going ahead and taking it. But all of a sudden, God said, you know what? You've been studying on this lesson to teach it. Can you walk in it? And I thought, oh. <laughs> I don't know whether I can walk in this or not. And so it wasn't even as much, you know, not being sick as, as it was saying, okay, Lord, can I walk in this? And so the Lord said, okay, now you've been putting down on paper, you've been studying the, the steps that you're gonna give. Now go through those steps. Take those steps one at the time. I remember lying there and just taking those steps one at the time that we've gone through, you know, just one after the other after the other. And all of a sudden I could feel faith building. And so we talked a couple of weeks ago about imagination and how that's a creation of God. Satan's just started it, but that uh, our imagination is a good gift if we use it to see ourselves through the eyes of faith. So I started seeing myself well, and I thought, Lord, I don't care whether I wake up tomorrow with symptoms on my body. From this day forth, I know I'm healed. I think I was even a little shocked when I woke up the next morning without a symptom, you know. But it, it was just God showing me this will work. It works every time. So it, it just taught me something that if we want to see the desired results, then boy, we're going to have to put our faith feet to the fire. <laughs> you know, we're going to have to keep our feet to the fire. Don't let up on the little things because if you let up on the little things, you're not going to be prepared for the big things. And God has us in, in boot camp. And it's time that we fight the good fight of faith. So the two main ingredients now for winning is just determine, first of all, determine, you know, if you're right according to the word of God. You know, make sure that what you're praying for is right and see that your request lines up with the word of God. And then second, then ask yourself, do I really believe the word enough, you know, to step out on faith, knowing beyond a shadow of a doubt that it's going to happen and be willing to stand firm until you see the manifestation. Father, I know that you're trying to get us prepared for operating in the army. Lord, I, I know you've had us all in boot camp so that, that we can be prepared. Lord, we don't want to be sent out as lambs among wolves and, and have neglected the word and neglected letting you train us. Father, we want you to train us in your word. We want to take uh, these scriptures and, and, and we want to allow them to become alive. We want them to ignite faith down in our hearts. We want to build an expectation where where we're more shocked, it, 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 we would be more shocked when it didn't work than we are if it did. Father, help us to, to submit ourselves to you in such a way that we will allow you to do within us 
what you're desiring to do so that we can be of benefit in the kingdom. Lord, that is the desire of our hearts. Father, I thank you that your word is true. Heaven and earth will pass away, but your word will never pass away. It is already forever settled in heaven. And Lord, you didn't say that sometimes I, I'm gonna heal. You said all the promises of God are yes and amen. Father, you've told us ask anything in your name and it'll be done. Anything is anything, Lord. You've, you've made all these wonderful promises. You've told us that there's no promise that's impossible of fulfillment, that every word is full of power. Now, Lord, we choose to believe that, and we're not gonna just give it head knowledge. We're not gonna just give it mental assent. But, Father, we're gonna say it and pray it and thank you and, and worship you for it until absolutely we believe what you say more than we believe anything that we see, anything that we feel, anything that's around us, that we believe your word more than anything else in this world. Lord, that is the desire of our hearts. And I thank you, Father. We ask you, you, you told us, Lord, that that healing would be our calling card. And so, Father, I just thank you that as a body, we just stand tonight saying, Lord, we receive that gift. We receive the, uh, the gift of operating in faith and seeing other people set free because of our faith. Lord, we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. Please share this teaching with anyone you think it would minister to. If you would like to listen to more in-depth teachings, please sign up for our Psalm 91 family at PeggyJoyceRuth.org.